Hello, and welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we are talking about working through a backlog. Hey Janine. Hey Shannon, how are you? I'm great. Good. I feel very professional with my new microphone. It's very exciting. (laughs) We both got new microphones, the same one, and we're hopeful that our lives will be a little bit easier because our technology was a little old on the old with the old mics. Yes, it worked well. They they worked well for quite some time, but it was time to upgrade. And uh, maybe we'll have to put a picture in of the of the mic because now there's a mic hanging in front of my face as opposed to standing at the desk right and i have not set up my uh stand thing so mine is just standing on the desk on top of two thick books so definitely the picture (laughs) should come from your studio (laughs) do you think do you feel like putting your i think i'm about to date myself do you feel like putting your hand over your ear like gary owens in last (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, I uh, hope that the uh, audio quality, it, certainly the audio quality in our test was good, and I'm ho- hopeful that it will um, be even improvement even for um, the listeners. Yes, I hope so. So today, we are talking about working through backlogs. Yes. Yay. I like to work through backlogs. Yeah, there is something sort of satisfying when when you do that, when you're successful at it. Oh, yeah, sort of satisfying. <laughs> Very <laughs> really satisfying. satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only thing more satisfying would be to live without ever making any backlogs. But uh, Right. Well, and that's this is um a a two sort of an informal two-parter next next week we're going to be talking about um, how to uh, set up systems so that you can prevent backlogs from forming in the first place right Uh, right so today we'll focus on and getting rid of backlogs that accumulate yeah and um, I, I feel like this is very apropos given what we've talked about so far because there's a little bit of a backlog I'm going to, of papers I'm going to have to clear up before I can take a photograph of my quote-unquote studio. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? You could take a picture before you, I mean, yeah, before you do that, and then you have a delightful before and after picture. I could. That's, that's, my, that's my life. Idea. I do that all the time, right? Because I blog about organizing and decluttering. So I'm forever, when I start, uh, you know, in my own office, I always take yeah. a before picture. And right now, it would be a pretty 
good before picture in my office. <laughs> and by good, you mean um, potential for dramatic. Before. Yes, <laughs> potential for dramatic transformation. There's a lot of yeah. opportunity here. Right. I I like putting it that way because there's there, there's a lot of opportunity on my desk right now. Some yeah. some real quick wins because mostly it's just stuff that didn't get put away. Mm-hmm. has places to go but I just didn't put it there right I mean that's the thing right I always I've said this on the podcast before but my definition of clutter is having more things than you can comfortably store so if you actually have a place to put something it, then you can pretty easily put it away and you don't actually this stuff isn't technically in my opinion clutter um, but it's just stuff that needs to be go go home to its homes right yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's that's mostly what's on my desk although there is a fair backlog of papers that need to be filed mm-hmm. and I have this is actually uh, the podcast is always so helpful for me in my own life and in this case on my task list for or in in, in my on my internal task list, I don't know that it's actually made it into written form, but I've been thinking about what I really, I need to be creating some systems for um, dealing with some stuff that is accumulating in my office. So while mm. I work on that, I'll have fodder for next week. Uh, oh, we that's great. Talk about, yeah, but it's mostly things like, you know, I mean, we always say that oftentimes clutter happens when there's been some sort of change or transition. In, in one's life. Usually it's more dramatic mm-hmm. than the example that I'm about to give, but, you know, a divorce <laughs> or a death in the family or a new child or a new marriage, those things can make organizing systems fall to pieces. Um, and then you just, it doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means you have to figure out a new way. But in Mike, the, the sample, that example I'm coming up with for me is I started depositing all my checks via uh, an app rather than taking uh-huh. them to the bank. And for some reason... I have seemed to have a difficult time just shredding those checks after I've deposited them. <laughs> so oh. they just they're like in a in an area but they're definitely not there's not a good system in place for them. <laughs> well, the, I know this isn't what we're talking about right now, but right. um you are supposed to hold on to those checks for a period of time after case, depositing them. Yeah. 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 Um, and the the reason why I'm thinking about this right now is because I just realized it's a system failure of why I have such a backlog of filing right now. I did not switch over my folders from mm-hmm. the odd year to the even year, my freedom filer folders. Right. So it's only mid February as we're recording this. So you're not too behind, but yeah, no, but yeah. So that, that, that failure of that system is, is part of what's caused the backlog. But I was just going to suggest to you that you just stick them in the, in um, a freedom filer folder that then they'll get shredded or disposed oh. of properly in, in a monthly a monthly folder yeah yeah that's a great idea thank you yeah yeah uh, okay, so I hope so, that wasn't. Uh, well, we accidentally jumped ahead to next week. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can manage this two-part thing. Yeah. Uh, but overcoming backlogs. So um, we're going to talk about. I think Shannon, how um, some some suggestions for ways to approach a backlog um, so that you can let go of 
it get through it without feeling yes. overwhelmed and so forth yes. yes and the the two big backlogs i have right now are paper primarily stuff that needs to get filed and email um mm. there i haven't been super on top of my email but then i also discovered there was a problem with my server and emails weren't getting downloaded and things were getting shuttled off to spam and I don't even understand what was happening, but now I have over 10,000 emails in my inbox. Oh, no. <laughs> you <Yeah>. poor thing. <laughs> oh. And, yeah. Uh-huh. And there's there's a not insignificant part of me that just wants to declare email bankruptcy mm-hmm. and um, just start from here. Um, but... I also worry that there's something in there that I need. Oh, boy. And it's stuff that you haven't seen before? Uh, Well, it's a mix. There's stuff Uh I haven't seen before, and there's stuff I've seen before. Is the stuff you hadn't seen before unread? I mean, marked unread? It's No, this is all unread. Oh. So I don't... Yeah, it's... The mechanics of how it happened, I'm not fully clear on it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I'm thinking about how do I work through 10,000 emails. Right. Well, are you? can I tell you what I would do? Yeah, please do. I would uh, not look, I'm not looking at it, so it's possible I'm suggesting something that doesn't, isn't practical, but I would sort it by sender. Mm-hmm. I'd start by sorting it by sender, and then I'd look for, I'd go for the low-hanging fruit. So subscriptions, you know, I don't know what you got in there, but if there's a lot of newsletters or sales from vendors, you know, right. um, then I'd sort them by sender would allow you to delete those whole, whole sale, whole cloth, whole something. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That, and then um, that, I bet you, would get you cut down quite a lot. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think that it, just to sort of get the the chaff out of the way first right. and right. get it down then, to a manageable number. And you might think about if there are any uh, subject line words that would for sure be or would most likely be something that you'd want to get rid of, like... Um, sale or free or um shannon comma right (laughs) (laughs) um that might help you maybe get creative and make a game out of it yeah there there was an app that was a that was a game an email game they like totally gamified your inbox do you remember that yeah oh a little bit and i couldn't use it because it was like gmail only or something yeah i think it is or i don't know if it even exists anymore but it was gmail only um but yeah i think that makes sense and uh i think that that's a good that idea of going for the low-hanging fruit when you have a big backlog to work through is a good one i it's it's a, a little hard to embrace if you are have previously embraced the idea of like touch everything once. Mm-hmm. But um, 
just when it's when it's that big of a pile you got to narrow it down somehow right yeah if you can come up with an easy way to put like things together that you can get rid of mm-hmm. yeah, then um uh, and and see the similar things that you have then that's really helpful and email i think it's helpful in lots of things when we organize uh when I bring in an organizing team into a clutter situation, the first thing we do is sort like things together so the client can more easily make decisions about them. So she, uh, it's a lot easier to make a decision about all your purses at once than it is to come across a purse and have to decide on it. Right. So I think the same principle uh, would apply here with your email. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I'm even thinking that it, that it would be sort of useful on with my filing instead of you know picking up a piece of paper and filing it to um i i happen to have a bed in my office which is very convenient for (laughs) laying out piles of things Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just taking a stack and sort of sorting it into like utility bills um rental bills you know whatever and doing doing a quick sort that way and then filing things as because i don't i don't actually sort i don't do the freedom filer monthly files because i don't keep the things that i don't need to keep for tax purposes and i don't want to have to pull them out of monthly files um so So you're only keeping tax related documents and you're putting them in tax related files exactly yeah uh, no, I think that's right. Yeah, very good. So I, for some reason, it seems easier to just grab a stack of things and then stick them in piles really quickly than filing paper one by one. Oh, well, it is easier. The reason it seems easier <laughs> is that it is easier. Because if you're doing it one by one, then you have to open the file over and over again. And if you have all the rent documents or together, what, I can't remember what categories you said, you grab the handful of them and open the file and put them in. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I know I use when I'm dealing with filing paper myself mm-hmm. is a timer. So I, I do exactly what you suggested. I'll, I'll, I'll do a pre-sort and then I'll file. And depending on the size of the backlog, um, you can set a timer if, if you're having any resistance to getting started and say, okay, I'm just going to work on sorting this pile into the sub-files, sub-piles for 10 minutes or something or however long right. you feel you can stand it <clears throat> and then stop then and put it away neatly you know use uh binder clips to keep your piles together that you've already filed i mean piled sorted yeah and um, then bring it out again and do another 10 minutes or however you want to do it and so the timer works for no matter which stage you're on uh you just pick up where you left off yeah that's great the timer is so helpful Mm-hmm. It just sure is. Yeah, it's m- makes what feels like a never-ending task. Like, well, I can do this for ten minutes. I don't right. want to do it for the million years it's going to take me to finish this. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I can definitely do it for ten minutes. <laughs> and it it feels like a million years, but when you split it into ten or twenty or thirty-minute increments, it's actually kind of amazing how fast you can get exactly. it done. Exactly. Especially if you're letting it be as easy as you can. 
and you know not filing everything you know like you're doing you're not keeping things that aren't tax related one of the trap i think that people fall into with filing is they feel if they have a file that would accommodate this piece of paper they should keep it but that's not necessarily the case like you know we you can discover that there was no need to keep all those receipts from uh, Crate and Barrel or whatever. Right. That's, that's kind of a bad I know. Bad I used example. to have, like, all my grocery store receipts. I'm, it's not like I'm going to take my food back. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I yeah. can toss that into recycling immediately. And if you're not writing off a home office, you can let go of your, uh, typically, you can let go of your um, utility receipts. Right. Example. Yeah. So um, keeping only the things that you need to keep is a good first step on that. And being kind of, you know, ask yourself, what's the worst that'll happen if I let this go and I ended up needing it? Can I get another one? Yeah, probably. Uh, if it's a financial document in particular. So yeah. um, uh, I think you're you're ab- absolutely right to pre-file by sorting things into into. Um, their categories and then you know same works with the email and the same works with the timer with the email i do that all the time with when my inbox gets a a little out of control i set a timer and work on it for just a few minutes but and i always start with the low-hanging fruit Mm -hmm. i did it this morning (laughs) in fact i had (laughs) i had 138 i think it was or 41 141 in my inbox when i set a timer for like seven minutes and i finished the seven minutes and had like 40 Wow. So that was good. And I discovered That's a couple of emails that really needed to be responded to that I completely had forgotten about because I've been traveling and stuff. So it was a good exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's it's good to know that um, even even when you have good systems and we'll and we'll talk about that more next week, but that you know, things can sort of sneak up on you a little bit. And that just allowing yourself to deal with the backlog quickly uh, and with as much ease as possible, you know, making it as easy on yourself as possible is the best way to proceed. Yes, or a very good way to proceed. Yeah. Um, I think we mentioned this before, but uh, the idea, I think that some people get into a mindset where when they have a backlog of things, organizing things, things that need to be organized in particular, that they can't do anything else until the backlog's taken care of. And that's one of the reasons I like, another reason I like the timer is you can, you know, put all your backlogs, all all the filing, for example, together. I mean, email's great because it doesn't take up physical space, but um, put it all together, work on it for whatever length of time, say it's 20 minutes, and then put it away you know, uh, and move on with your life. And right. uh, I know I used to have a box. Uh, it was a pretty fabric-covered box called Backlog. And that's where the paper would, I would put the paper in there. That I, or it, And the paper might represent not just filing, but stuff that needed to get done. Um, mm-hmm. But I would have on my task list to work on the backlog box for half an hour in the morning or something. And then I would get through that stuff. Um, that's an idea that I got from Mark Forster. I think that was from his book. Yeah, that was from Do It Tomorrow. Um, and uh, he called it the current initiative. Um, 
I, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what current initiative meant. I just remember the phrase. Um, but I think that meant the current initiative was whatever your top thing was. And he suggested if you have a backlog that it should be your current initiative until it's gone. Um, but yeah, your backlog doesn't have to be so overwhelming that you can't get anything else done. Right. Well, and and the other part of that, which is why we wanted to do this as, as a two-parter, is that uh, it can be really frustrating if you are working through your backlog and incoming stuff is continuing to add to it. You know, mail is coming in, email is coming in, you know, whatever it is, is continues to add to it. So it can feel sort of... Um, relentless and and like you you won't ever be finished and so that's why we wanted to talk about uh, next week putting systems in place so that you can stay current with the current stuff while working through your backlog right <clears throat> and I would imagine just because I can't resist just saying this now even though I should wait until <laughs> next episode that with your uh, is it true that could it be true that with your email situation, you could move all those 10,000 messages to a different folder, create a folder for them and that's not your inbox so that you can stay on top of your inbox? Income well, th things are com a little bit complicated because my preferred email client, um, I can't manipulate stuff with that easily. Oh. And so I'm... I, there, it's a little, I can't figure out how to make that work for for both the email clients that I use. Um, and so I, I, I'm going to try that mm -hmm. because it would be nice to to get to inbox zero, even if it is by artificially by creating a backlog <laughs> folder. Right. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, at least you can stay on top of what's coming in and not, that, that's sort of a, icky feeling when you're afraid stuff's coming in that you're not seeing because <laughs> you have an inbox yeah. swamp <laughs> yeah um, yeah <laughs> is one of your do you use mac mail i forget i use mac mail and i also use spark right i wonder whether there's any way i don't i don't know spark mail very well but i wonder whether in mac mail if you weren't weren't able to to isolate the backlog if there would be a way to set a rule that um any incoming mail new from this point forward is like a different color or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think there I might don't know. be. There, there probably is. Um, uh, and if there's something simple I can do like that, I think that's a great idea. Uh, I'm also aware I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time trying to figure that out when I could be spending that time going through it. The backlog, exactly. Well, I'm going yeah. to spend five minutes on that for you, Shannon, after we get through recording. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, and then the other place that I see in my clients' homes, <laughs> I act like I never see it in my home, uh, which is not true, <laughs> is a uh, backlog of snail mail, um, you know, postal yeah. mail that comes in with people uh, who don't want to address the mail as it comes in the door um, or can't, uh, that quickly becomes overwhelming. Yes. Yes. And that's a, that depending on, you know, when you get your mail and, and where you put it down 
once you pick it up, that can become a big problem. Mm-hmm. But dealing with the backlog with that actually is very similar to what we're talking about. It, because what I usually say is first thing, you know, throw away all the junk mail. And if you do a quick uh, sort where you're putting like things together, not frums necessarily, but all your Bed Bath & Beyond coupons and all your uh, magazines you never asked for and you know credit card <laughs> offers and just uh, do a quick sort and get them together, then it becomes easier to uh, dispose of a big chunk of it. Yeah. And that, that's definitely something that I try to do is, you know, when I pick up the mail, as I'm walking into the house, I'm pulling out the things that can go immediately into the recycling bin and put them immediately into the recycling bin. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's those pesky things that can't immediately go into the recycling bin that can become challenging. But we can talk yeah. about that next week. Yes, yes, we will talk about those although, systems next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although now that I'm thinking about it, though, there is, um, I mean, there. When you have a backlog of mail and you do isolate the stuff that actually needs to be dealt with, um, I think the biggest, uh, my biggest suggestion is having a place to put it, so it's not mm-hmm. clutter. Because if you leave it on the table so that you don't lose it, chances are something's going to get put right on top of it. Um, so put it, you know, just having a place for it, a designated spot on your desk for this mail backlog or a, a, a file folder or a, a container of some sort, and then setting aside time on your calendar in your schedule to actually do it. Don't, uh, and simultaneously not letting a backlog build with the new mail that comes in. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so I think that, the key to working through a backlog is to um, break it up into small chunks, mm-hmm. get the low-hanging fruit, um, and uh, the, the other well, thing I was going to say slipped through my mind. Well, I'll add um, oftentimes putting like things together so that you can mm-hmm. easily see what you have. And, yeah, and that makes and a lot of discard sense. stuff uh, easily more easily yeah and the and <laughs> this is the one of the ironic beauties of a of a backlog is by the nature of the passage of time things often become irrelevant if they've sat around long enough <laughs> right so <laughs> Yes. I'm not I'm not suggesting using that as a strategy, but do keep in mind that things will probably become less relevant um, as you get through your piles than um, they might have been when they first came in. Invitations are a good example of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Invitations for events that have gone by are pretty easy to let go of. Yeah. 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 And so I think that you and I should... Um, take some before pictures and then when we uh maybe by the time this episode airs and we're doing the show notes for it we'll have some great after pictures we can show i don't know mm-hmm. i i am i air my dirty laundry all the time so that the idea of that doesn't bother me <laughs> you can sense my hesitancy i know i well, okay the- looking over my desk <laughs> which probably means i should do it <laughs> well you don't have to i'll just i'll commit to doing it and um if you want to do it too that would be great 
<laughs> All right. And it also, what I like to do when I do that is try to keep track of how much time elapsed between effort, you know, time of effort. Yes. Uh, between the before and after, and it's usually shockingly small. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, I've i sent you plenty of before and after pictures of, you know, my desk before and then my desk like 15 or 30 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And, um, because the this stuff is that piles up is just surely out of me not taking the extra step to put something away. Um, right. Generally speaking. Uh, yep. So I've, I have that problem myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should um, listen to Mike's dad's words of advice, which were, the job's not done until the tools are put away. Oh, I like that. Isn't that good? That is good. It goes for laundry, people. <laughs> I say this to people all the time. The laundry's not done until the clothes are put away. I didn't know I was channeling Mike's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we want to hear from you. Do you have a different kind of backlog we didn't talk about? Um, Do you have other ideas on how to work through backlog or something maybe that we didn't answer? You can let us know at 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. Or on social media, on Twitter, we're at GTG Enough. And on Facebook and Instagram at Getting to Good Enough. And always find us online on our website at gettingtogoodenough.com where you'll find the show notes for today's episode and all of our past episodes. But for now, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. take a picture (laughs) good (laughs) i'm itching to get started (laughs) me too